When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Space The final frontier These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise Its continuing mission To explore strange new worlds To seek out new life and new civilizations To boldly go where no one has gone before Welcome to Treks in the City. This is Veronica Welcome Soria. to Treks in the City. And that one is Alice Wetterland. And what we're doing here is we're doing, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation episode by episode in order. <laughs> and now at this point, we're in season seven, episode 21. So if you're just joining us, <laughs> cool. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Cool. You're just joining us. I'm going to say get out of here, man. You know, look, I, say, I appreciate the new listen. I do. But uh, you got it. It's just not a good time to you're jump late. in. You're um, late. <clears throat> you're just late. You know, check out all our own episodes. I would do the whole go back, check out the episodes. The sixth time, 24. But at this point, what do you do? You know what I mean? You're not going to get into a podcast. Right. So basically... I- I mean, hello, old listeners. <laughs> is this your how it started, how it's going? Is this the how it's going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get into that, my 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 sweet prince. We're really excited um, about our sweet prince of a guest that we have today. <laughs> about our sweet prince. Sometimes we have a sour prince, but today we do not. That's the um, sweet in prince. studio today is no one. Because we're still observing social distancing. We're at home. It's a trick. It's a trick intro. It's a trick. It's <laughs> un truco. <laughs> un, tru- un truquito. Um, but we, of course, have uh, Skylar on the ones and twos. And uh, Veronica and I are here with our guest. You know him from his comedians, his comedians touring. Lord. Um, but you probably know him from the exquisite show, Adam Ruins Everything, where he's the titular Adam. Please welcome Adam Conover to the show. It's me, the titular Adam. I've n- never felt more titular than I do today. <laughs> You're so the titular. titular. Yeah. Oh, I'm, feel- I'm feeling it now. If there's someone who is titular, it is uh, Adam. Yeah. And... Is that an okay intro? We can do it again if you have a problem with oh, it. Oh, I, I loved it. I thought that was great. I, I Best okay. intro I've had in years. Okay. Well, I've been notoriously bad at intros, and I, for some reason, pulled that one off. So I guess it's kismet. Flying colors. And I am so much worse than I'm always in awe at how good Alice is. <laughs> that's intros. crazy. I, that's I'm the like, first wow, I've heard of this. she did it amazing. <laughs> that's the first I've heard of this. <sighs> I just came off a live radio show and 
I said something like, and I'm like, it, it was so much, it was such a different vibe because you, you're like, I, nothing you're saying is, it's all staying in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Staying in where? Here or on the live radio show? On the live radio show. You can't edit it out. You can't say, you can't say, yes. edit that out what I just said. Yeah. He's a very nice man. <laughs> He's got a good family. You can't say, <laughs> make that joke better. Yeah, literally, when you're on radio, you talk and air molecules vibrate and people hear it. Yeah. Wow, it's I never weird. thought of it like that. And it turned me on. <laughs> um, how have you been doing during this time? Can I oh, just say during something? This time, during yeah, this time ahead. of pandemic, I've been doing great. I've been doing fine. Not bad. Oh, okay. Not bad. I've been very lucky to still be kind of working, sort of working. I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm doing all right. I've I'm going roller skating later today and that's going to brighten things up for me. <gasps> Are Wait, you, do you roller skate? We both roller skate. You both roller skate. I've yeah. started roller skating. Lisa, my wonderful partner, Lisa, got into roller skating and then she was like, I'd like you to it would be really fun if you wanted to roller skate, but you wouldn't want to roll. You don't want to. And I was like, fucking uh, you're daring me. Get me roller skates. And she got me roller skates and we're going to go roller skate later today. And I'm I'm a prodigy, which means that I'm shot. I I actually can stay up and sort of move around in a circle. And I'm proud of myself. I'm not learning tricks. I just go around. I basically I think if you have a smooth surface to do that in safely, I'm like. That's what you need to do. You don't need to do anything else. All you need to yeah. do is circle. Circle. So we, do, we go to a ba- we go, go to a basketball court where they've cut the nets down so the basketball men can't play and their loss is my game. All these basketball what? men. I can't believe they did that. Yeah, cuz cuz basketball dreams shattered. Basketball is too I guess they decided basketball was too close contact of a sport, which I don't disagree with for COVID. Like you do get really close to each other and you're very well, <sighs> you yeah. know. Yeah. It's breathe breathe skitball. Yeah, breathe skitball. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they, they, if <laughs> they put, football. there's, they took the nets down. There's no hoops on the, on the uh, backboard. It's just backboard. Just the, backboard. the backboards. I think I would, if I was such a fan of basketball and I couldn't help myself, I would be okay with just that. I'd be like, I'll just <laughs> be okay it. with just the backboard. Yeah. I saw a dad trying to teach his daughter how to shoot with just the backboard. Uh, and it was sad and sweet. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, that's wist. That's what you call wistful. That yeah. is like an image for like the history books about COVID. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's classic. I wanted to have you on the show, Adam, sort of because uh, as a gotcha. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> God. No, because this is a call out. We have we're, we're getting down to the end mm-hmm. of this series, so we have to have our best guest back. You're one of the best, and oh, you know you. this show well. I and do. You're, a very funny man. Thank you. Um, but the other reason I was excited to have you on this show is because you do a lot of work with um, helping people who are experiencing housing insecurity mm-hmm, in LA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that. Thank you. And I want to get into it because um, both verbally on this show and also in my life, because I have, uh, I think it's the basically the most important thing mm-hmm. I can imagine that we could actually do something about relatively easily, but we're not. Mm-hmm. So, Wait, so I want to know about, about everything you're doing with housing insecurity. Yeah. The, and- ma- the main thing I do is I uh, am a volunteer uh, with a group called CELA here in LA. It stands for Silver Lake Echo Park, Los Feliz at Water Hollywood, which are the neighborhoods we cover. And we've got a, 
a drop-in center um, on Saturdays at a church and a couple, and also at Echo Park on a different day. And then what I personally do is on Saturdays, we go out with uh, uh, water and snacks and food and some clothes and stuff like that to the different encampments in our neighborhood. And just like talk to the folks in the encampments and give them water and say, hey, how are you doing today? Get to know them, try to connect them with any services, which unfortunately there aren't enough of. But, you know, just try to be uh, just just try to have those conversations and yeah. uh, help out. And that's, that's most of what it is. We're all volunteer group. I'm, I've doing, been doing it for about two years now. So now I, I help organize a couple of our activities and things like that too. Um, and then sometimes I, I have gotten into a little bit like various uh, groups that are trying to get more housing built. I try to help them out too. But the main thing I do is, is the homelessness work. That's so amazing. Yeah. I would imagine that it's, it's comforting um and stress lowering slightly if 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 any you know if you can lower somebody's stress who's experiencing homelessness like to be able to know that at least there's people coming and who are like yeah got your back you know it's just sure. like who are people who are housed coming in and being like hi yeah yeah, we see you. You're still fucking people. Let's Just your basic out, empathy. You know? Yeah, because the main—I mean, the main thing I—I I had heard about this group doing this, and the main reason I wanted to do it was, you know, I on my commute was so used to walking by folks who are unhoused and just you know you avert your eyes and you walk straight forward and you try not to interact and you're sort of like afraid of an interaction and you know sometimes we're afraid because we're worried someone will behave erratically or or you know actually be scary but mm-hmm. in reality a lot of times we're just like we're afraid of the the moral dilemma that we're placed in we're yep. afraid yeah. of of feeling of as though i should it. be helping but i don't know what to do and I, this is so hard for me to confront that and i was just like i see the same people over and over again i don't like that i don't know i don't feel that i can speak to the people mm-hmm. in my neighborhood. And so the reason I started volunteering was I was right. like, I just want to learn how to do it. And uh, that turned into me doing it weekly. But even if I hadn't done that, it at least gave me the skill to, you know, now when I pass an unhoused person on the street, I don't know, I can be like, hey, how are you doing? Or if I have a bottle of water with me, I can right. say, do you need a water? And that's very I know how to do that. It's not as hard as I thought it was. Um, you know, yeah. I've been and that's really this- important because it's we're a community. Right. In the during the summer when the heat wave happened and the yeah. sky looked orange in L.A. for like a week, I started uh, thinking of the water situation and people who were outside. I mean, I'm always very aware of the unhoused people. She and is. It, she is. It's like a thing for me. I always feel I always feel empathy and a lot of compassion. And I don't like the word homeless as well. I just think that's not dignifying. And so I started in my she tiny car. Like OK, I'm <laughs> Stop. It's true, though. It's true. What what a quiet hype hype woman. Yeah, she's so polite. I have uh, I have water bottles and he. Yeah, I started getting uh, those like hand warmers and feet warmers and mm-hmm. a little bit heat blankets because sometimes at night it's so cold. Um, and I started doing it independently, taking drives around uh, with Skit Row and just literally mm-hmm. off my window, just handing water bottles without any yeah. kind of training or prep. And it just yeah. felt natural. I it was just like, yeah. most people will just take it. It's a hello situation. If they're, if I'm handing the water bottles from, from the passenger side, they'll look into my car to see what's in there. <laughs> so yeah, you know, there's like, 
and I'm a woman alone and I did it and it was like, okay, it was fine. So I, I was yeah. encouraging mm -hmm. people on Instagram and, and social media to, to just go ahead and do it. Like you don't need permission or like an organization to actually yeah. do stuff like that. But it is better to have a group of people who do it weekly it because is. the, the unhoused people that you see every week get used to you and they feel more comforted yep. by it. And so it's not about our safety, but Schedule. theirs. Yeah. We come by and they say, oh, is it Saturday already? Oh, great. Thanks. Do you guys have any hygiene kits this week? Like, you know, uh, and, oh, fuck yeah. and it's become more of a lifeline now because one of the big things in L.A., like, honestly, the biggest thing that's changed the lives for unhoused folks here is that all the libraries are closed. And the libraries were places where, you know, folks would just get a drink of water and, and charge their phone and use the bathroom, use you the know, bathroom. Um, in, a, in a safe place. And all those places are closed. And so there's a lot less access to hygiene. There's a lot less access to, to clean water and all that stuff becomes a lot more important. And yeah, I mean, people just you offer someone a water bottle. They they, they take the they water. They will take you know? it. Yeah. And, and I've done it uh, dozens of times now. And I think I can count on one hand the number of times that anybody was was even even startled me. You know, most if someone doesn't want to talk to you, they say, ah, no, thanks. Yeah. And you walk away and it's fine. Yeah, you there's know what no I mean? need. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 I'm living in a community now where um, we have, you know, like there's a proposal to build um, uh, housing for um, unhoused individuals that it's like there's like two buildings proposed and they're hotels, they're converting, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on next door. Oh, no. <laughs> And I was like, my neighbor's on next door and I see her posting about it. And I'm like, uh oh, what's happening? You know, and I'm like, oh, fuck, please, God, don't let my neighbor be a NIMBY, you know, because that's like the worst. You've had people over at your house, you know, and then you find out they're like, I don't want it. But she's not. She's normal. It's great. Um, but there's people in my neighborhood who are like, I just don't want them to build this because it's going to bring more homeless people. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what? To a home. And the, the, some of them literally, like many people, and I I didn't, I shouldn't have even, but I did. And many people saying things like, I don't want to live next to homeless people. Yeah. In response to a proposed housing initiative. Yeah. And I'm like, I just need to say this, but let's put the moral ineptitude aside of you being like i don't want to live next to a person that's having a hard time yeah but like the fact that you're like i don't want to live next to houses who are gonna be housed yeah <laughs> yeah they'll be in a house i'm like i just want you to know that i can see that they're gonna be in-housed and what is it about that that you can't understand like, what is i it? need yeah. to know what do you this? think is the main beef like the fact that they've been unhoused it's, or what, no what it's is the, it? the idea yeah. is people i i feel like without knowing it or without really being um cognizant of how it seems in their own brains maybe it's just like people just say oh homeless people as though homeless people is not a human problem it's like it's a yeah. scourge if you say the yeah. homeless it's uh, suddenly it's the homeless is a is the a thing unto itself instead of oh it's you know my friend martha who her and her husband got evicted yeah they they think of them as uh, as at best a nuisance, like a, uh, like honestly, like pigeons or rats, like some sort of, you know, like, like, oh, there's like an like infestation. An uncontrollable, yeah. yeah. And at worst, they think of them as being entirely a criminal population. Crime adjacent. It's a, yeah. it's and, a lack of, a severe yeah. lack of empathy. Uh, yeah. It's drugs. And neither of those stuff things like are that. True, and you're yeah. just like, 
And I think it's also ignorance, right? Because it's it's not knowing. Well, of course, like yeah. I volunteered at Downtown Women's Center at least. Went through the training, and so the That's statistics awesome. are so clear that most of the thank you, the most of the unhoused people in LA are women who get trapped between having yeah. small children and aging parents, and who mm-hmm. get abused are or single. So they just need one leg up. They just need one step. They're just too bad yeah, and it's that away net. from being unhoused. So and yeah. it's the lack of a safety net that the people don't have. It's ignorance that. This is not just an unhoused person that's a rat. This is a woman yeah. who maybe had two things of bad luck that we can all Yeah, have. and the people in the in who are living outdoors right now, like some of those people probably before were the people that were like, I don't want to live next to homeless people just because it's mm-hmm. such a normal thing in our society for that safety net to collapse beneath yeah. someone and yeah. for them to be out of their, yeah. ho- of their home situation. So, yeah, I mean, I've... I, I've met, you know, people who met a guy who was, you know, 65 years old, uh, was a former paralegal professional job, was looking for work, couldn't find any work um, and ended up on the street uh, not using drugs with his wife. You know, eventually uh, we were able to connect him with Project Room Key, which was offering hotel rooms to folks who were over 65. Um, but. You know, I mean, like it happens to so many people um, and it happens to also a hu- what people don't realize is a huge amount of homelessness is invisible because the first thing that people do is they sleep in their cars uh, in L.A. If you if you lost yeah. your house today, you'd sleep in your car and you'd park it in Veronica's driveway or your or yep. someone else's driveway and you'd sleep yeah. in you'd sleep in her car uh, until finally your car gets towed. And then, you know, it's like this this like slow slide down. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing about next door is it's, is it's full of those people and those people are very loud. And thankfully, I think we're starting to see that they are not in fact the majority, uh, that we are, they are very loud and they tend to be powerful because of their loudness and politicians in our city anyway, have tended to really do whatever they say. Like they don't want to cite a homeless shelter or a, um, or a permanent housing because they don't want to deal with all the pushback from mm-hmm. the frankly angry kooks who are going to show up to meetings and yell mm-hmm. at them. Um, but yeah. if you in fact allowed everybody in your neighborhood to take a vote and did proper community education events and, and, you know, See. got, got community weigh in and all those things, I believe that your neighborhood would likely yeah. be supportive of that. And, and that's the sort of slow, work that it takes um once you really uh, like open people's eyes to it they they do get more positive and sila as an organization we as an organization have like so much support like we uh, get crazy donations we have like two we, we've had to say please don't donate more clothes because we have too many right now we have to like finish sorting them we are constantly Shit, having to figure out how to this is fendi okay we're constantly trying to figure out how to add more volunteer shifts. Like, how do we because so many people want to volunteer? How do we make more volunteer shifts available? Um, so people really know that it's the it's the crisis in their own backyard. That is the thing that like if folks listening, let me just say it is the crisis in your own backyard and you can help like today. Um, it's the it, it's like don't, stop watching the the infomercials late at night asking you to donate to like other countries donate there too, but also help in your own community. Cause this is, right. this is happening here. 
And people are starting to wake up to that and, and it's starting yeah. to make a difference. I, I think. And it's not monetary. If you don't want to give monetarily, like that's to me, what really interests me is like, mm-hmm. I saw this on the boards and I'm like, these people are going to the neighborhood community. Like they're going to whatever community town halls on zoom. And they're like, we don't want this. And I'm like, girl, I know from this past summer, how to go to these town hall meetings on Zoom. I know exactly how to go to these meetings on Zoom. And so I'm like, well, here's what's going to happen. You're not going to be alone in those meetings pretty soon because I moved in and I'm incredibly annoying (laughs) on Zoom. And I have sound effects, like all this shit. So I'm, I'm going to show up. It matters so much because uh, I've been on these meetings too. And, and, you know, having, having some of these battles and I can tell you it matters so much. If you go to a community meeting, whether it's your neighborhood um, committee or, or like a city council or whatever, if you go to a meeting that's about uh, housing and you say, Thank you so much for building the housing. Mm-hmm. We need it so badly. We need to, mm-hmm. we need compassionate um, solutions to homelessness. It matters so much. Yeah. Uh, so, so please do that. Thank so you. Yeah. Alice, so um, Alice, could you organize a community meeting where you educate? Yes, I these can. People? Well, no, I can't organize it because I wouldn't want to organize my own that is happening tangentially to the one that's already happening. Cause then they won't know, I know see, about it. I see. We had a meeting. Where I were have, you? I have a question, Adam. Like, have you seen Please. in the last two years you've been volunteering, have you seen an increase in the amount of volunteers and the interest that people have been taking? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, when I started in SELA, it was, we would just meet in like a parking lot and like a dozen people would like go out on the different routes. And now we've got like, um, we've got this level of of or of volunteer called organizer, which are like repeat volunteers. And there's like two dozen of us. We had like hundreds of volunteers like total last year. We've got like enough volunteers to run like three sites. I mean, it was really disrupted because of covid. So so we've had to really scale back our outreach and stuff like I didn't go do it for a couple months um, when things got it spiked really badly in L.A. Um, but yeah, the, it has gone up a lot. I've been thinking about that, about COVID and the people who are most vulnerable and the idea Mm -hmm. that suddenly the volunteers are lacking. Like sometimes I volunteer at the San Pedro uh, street kitchen. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I volunteer in in a few places. And and I was during COVID, I was like, fuck, this is I didn't go. I wanted to go and I was afraid of my health. And I was feeling so That's bad fun. about it. I stopped going to the cat shelter to volunteer because not because of the health thing, but I don't like the other people that volunteer there. So <laughs> it's a little hard. I have a yeah. I have a few like as a woman, sometimes it can be hard. Uh, it would be and good a very to, like attractive woman. You know, it, you would, when you, you're just a, when you're a 10, it's tough. When you're a 10, it's, it's a little tough. <laughs> it's a little tough when you're a 10. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't know. No, I know. I feel the same way. I push yeah. through. There's just like a lot of situations though. I think, uh, so I used to volunteer as a clown in hospitals in Venezuela and we always do in pairs just because <laughs> Adam's like, dude, this, this is real. 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 She um, met Patch Adams. Yeah, I volunteered. Wow. She fucking met him. The real Patch Adams. Yeah, he went to Venezuela to volunteer as a clown with his clown with his American clowns. Uh, and and I mentioned to him that I was afraid of mental hospital. Wait, imagine them getting out of the plane. For <laughs> <laughs> just what? They're just getting out of the plane forever. <laughs> they just skip coming clowns. out and out and out. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be a amazing. It's been four hours. Oh, uh, 
no, but then the um, the thing we did always was be in duos in in two people just in case you had mm. some situation or you started crying because something made you too sad or whatever. So what, the other clown can take over, but also just in case we're in danger, we're always uh, paired up. So I've always thought about that as a great strategy. Um, so I'm excited that more people are in, taking interest in this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am too. And, you know, folks always ask, oh, is there an organization like this in my town? How do I find an organization like this in my town? And I would say, yeah, if you can't just do it in your town, because if one probably doesn't like one might. But if one doesn't like just get a friend and like pair up, you know, it's really important to pair up uh, and just like go around with some bo wa bottled waters and just say, hey, do you want any bottled water today? And is there anything else that you need? How's it going? You know, just try to have a conversation and uh, it really does help. And then that's literally where Sila started and then grew from there, mostly awesome. because of the, you know, the original founders who are like the most energetic volunteer. They're like super volunteers. They like fucking put a put all of our, uh, you know, our drop in center and like we have hot food distribution. They put all this stuff together. Whoa. Yeah, they're like. They're, they're un these unstoppable women um uh do it uh janet and kat and nicole and all these incredible people um, that makes me so proud yeah just to their like of the human quality that they're yeah. all women too that last fact wasn't so nice you there's know? a couple men too but the but, uh, sure. let's, but but the real engines but are the men women. are puppets let's be real it's <laughs> <laughs> just fucking puppets but but the there's seriously thing. nothing that'll make you feel better like it, it it's not that i feel good every time yeah, uh, but I feel like I feel like I was of some fucking use, you know? Well, that's also the other thing is that you live in reality because yeah. yes. when and that was also my my analogy for um, Black Lives Matter was like, you know, when people started getting involved in it and they were like saying like what a weird awakening and what a feeling it was. It's like, no, it's not like you're. Like, like learning about um, racial inequity and like the experiences of other people in the world just means you have a better grip on reality. Mm -hmm. It just means that like you have a more well-rounded view of the world and that you live in. And it's sort of like that is living a richer life. It just allows you to experience things more deeply. It's like just it's like a weird natural high because you're like you don't have to say like, oh, I feel good. I, f I feel good because I'm helping. It's It's just like to be able to like really yeah. know what's going on is like a human thing we we like yeah i mean i used to walk like one of the main spots we stop on this route was like a, a street i would cross every day to like get to the subway you know um and but when i would stay there for 45 minutes and talk to the folks who are living on the corner i had a completely different view of just what that corner was like like what it was yeah. like to live next to traffic speeding by or what it was like to cross the street yeah. when you're when you're in that situation you know yeah um and yeah that was it was really something um to have that change of perspective well you're a saint so great job you here's your award um just kidding <laughs> super flippant <laughs> hi everybody tim heidecker here with huge news we have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up. 
and listening through your app. Um, so let's talk about an episode. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about Star Trek time. So it's a wharf time. It's a a season seven episode. Let's find that, uh, Netflix, uh, description is right there. Okay. It's right there. Wharf takes, this is episode 21 of season seven. First born. Can you guys hear this? If I do reverb first born. No, I didn't hear the reverb. Oh, but it was cute to see you without it. All right. Well, Worf takes his son, son to a Klingon festival. festival to encourage the boy, boy. to embrace his, his. heritage. <laughs> his. <laughs> and become a warrior. warrior. But a surprise oh, awaits them. Okay. Them. Okay. Uh, yeah. Adequate description. Um, this was obviously a Worf-centric episode. And... Uh, also, unfortunately, an Alexander episode. Um, it was a good Alexander episode. You don't like, you don't like Alexander episodes? Really do not. I, mm. I prefer to never see Alexander. Alexander is a little pussy, and it's hard for us. <laughs> Whoa. We don't say that anymore. <laughs> but, but that's what right. the whole episode's about. I know, and this is a great conclusion for all we've thought about Alexander all of this It's like time. the writers were like, why it's, is he such a puss? I know, and then the writers were like, you know what, people... <laughs> He can be exactly this, and you have to shut up about it. And I feel shut up about it, and I'm super happy about it. So The premise of the episode is that, like, Alexander doesn't want to be a warrior. And everybody's always telling him he needs to be a warrior. <laughs> and he's just a kid. He's and just a kid. It's presented in this way where it's like, they don't do enough to, like, make it seem like a person who has Klingon DNA is like predisposed to this kind of behavior. Like, you know, those kids who were like super aggressive. And if you told them they needed to be a warrior, they'd be like, fuck yeah. You know? Yeah. Like he just isn't like that. And so it's just like, yeah, of course he doesn't want to be a warrior. He's wants to do clay and chase things, you know? Well, the, the, one of the weird things about Star Trek that, uh, you know, I've only realized later in life is weird is like how much it collapses the concept of like these species like Klingons are a different species than humans, but in the world and this is true of Vulcans, it's less true of humans on the show, but like the entire species has like a set of values that isn't just like they have a single culture, which wouldn't be true. Like humans all live on one planet and we don't have a single culture. You would imagine that in the future, we also would not have a single culture and you know, but okay, maybe even if we did, they also only have one way of thinking in the whole culture. It's like, it's an entire, like what if all of humanity were Joe Just, Rogan listeners and yeah. they all had that instead of 98%, <laughs> you know, okay. that is our role. I just thought Nate Bargatze went on it and I was like, oh, Nate, it's like, of, course, of course he does. I think but, that's such a good point. Cause I keep thinking, okay, so Klingons don't have second major cities like already the difference between paris and like new Mm. york is so huge in terms of everything (laughs) yeah there's no klingon paris yeah where's klingon you know there's no like klingon village where they go to and they're like actually people here just like to fuck yeah (laughs) there's no i've said this so many times and you're so right adam and it really 
bothers me with Klingon. And that's why I think Discovery was a great uh, sort of addendum to the show because it went a little deeper um, mm-hmm. into Klingon culture. And they, it's like they, they did all this legwork to establish this elaborate sort of like ancient culture. I mean, they made a Klingon language. Yeah. Right? So like they did all this work, but then the Klingon, you meet a Klingon and you're like, so what, what is it like being Klingon? And they're like, oh, one thing. We just like to stab people and get stabbed. <laughs> oh, that's the, that's it. Yeah, oh, and, oh, and we like to eat gross shit. <laughs> and it's just like, so, it's so reductive. And, and it, um, it's this yeah. bizarre problem in fantasy and science fiction that it, 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 I think fantasy and sci-fi still have sci-fi novels have gotten away from this but you know if you look at like most 20th century science fiction is it's like okay it's a future world where everything's different and on one planet they're all basically japanese and on one planet they're all basically from a different country and like babylon 5 is like that the lord of the rings yeah. is like that like the, it's or busy, an african country and 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 the distinct yeah. my african country and it's like they they have all of this imagination of like different types of worlds, different s- uh, magic systems, different science systems, but they can't imagine different ways for people to be and yeah. uh, in, in ways that are unique. And so they just borrow from other cultures. And it's not wrong to to say, OK, well, what if I take a little bit from this culture and that culture to like make my fantasy world? But like you should it should be more than just saying like, you know, how about honor? Because I saw a samurai movie one time, right. you know? Yeah. And, and it says Gene Roddenberry's doing his best, you know, like he had he was a flawed human and blah. And there are a lot of things that are revolutionary about the show, too. But it really leaps out to me now as being a way in which like, oh, this is not that imaginative. It's yeah. really narrow. It leaps out, I would say, exactly. And like and then like you're right. I, I've been frustrated with this for a really long time. And you're right. It's not like it's not you kind of understand why they went that direction. But I always like to wonder, was there somebody, you know, some upstart writer being like, Hey, maybe there's like a group of Klingons who like they're kind of chill. And they're like, shut up. Yeah. You know, shut up, Higgins. Go get some coffee. <laughs> yeah, is it just the same, the same thing over and over again? So um, let's see. What's the cold what's the coldest open available here? Oh God. Yeah, and it's just like Alexander is just I, I feel like Alexander, he's just not a likable character. He's in a position where he's adverse to everything that has to happen. And when you have Mm -hmm. that and you don't have an idea of what their personality is, it's like it's so hard to like like that. kind of. He's also a kid and he's real whiny. So it's like it's a lot. It's like, okay, I'll be a kid on this. I don't like this concept. A boy inevitably becomes a man. But what is not inevitable is that a man become a warrior. A warrior must be forged like a sword. Tempered by, by, tempered by experience. The path of a warrior begins with Alexander. No, wait! Hilarious. What are they carrying, brains? These are gigantic Sorry. water balloons. They're carrying uh, are, volleyballs that look like they're made of... Yeah, the, like, he, he says what they are. He says, we were... He says we were we were doing experiments with fullerene, 
which is Ooh. a reference to Buckminster Fuller, who invented the geodesic dome. And so these are water balloons that are shaped like geodesic domes, which is the most bizarre way to try to make the water balloon sci-fi. Like they could, they could just be water balloons. Like a kid could just have a water balloon. <laughs> nope. Oh, I know. Somebody had to spend so much time. Like, no, we can't just use a water balloon. Okay, <laughs> that's what I want. I got it. And we had this prop guy in Resident Alien who's like so stressed all the time. You know, his just personality. And you're like, oh, we wanted these bottles to be pink, but we wanted the bottom to be black. And he's like, all right, on it. You know, and he's just like immediately. <laughs> you could just tell he's just falling apart. Um. Okay, I didn't even pay attention to that because I was so distracted with the fact that Worf was rehearsing for his son. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. What is that concept? We made fullerines. It doesn't really make sense as a scene. Filled them with water. I asked you to meet me here after school. I have been waiting for you. I forgot. You forgot because you allowed yourself to be distracted by foolishness. I'm sorry. He's a kid. There is something very important I want to discuss with you. It concerns your future. Sit. I'm out of there. As time passes, My parents a boy inevitably me. becomes a man. But what is not inevitable is that a man becomes a sword. They just light what? up one candle. No, I meant warrior. So weird. The path of a warrior begins with We're the so first nervous right about of this. I know. Pain sticks? No, no, that is the <laughs> second right. <laughs> He's so scared. Is that when they hit you with pain sticks? I hate He's being like, no, a no, no, no. Don't worry, hun. That's the second thing. Oh, great. Uh, it's like he has nothing to look forward to about this. Yeah. Oh my so, like, take a seat in front of Dad's candle. It's true. Like, what is these candles? Why is he rehearsing? Is he seems like he's about to propose for marriage. Look at you asking questions about why there should be candles everywhere. This is a real turn. I just don't understand it. Now, um, this yeah, scene right here that you just clicked to is the only scene Picard is in in the whole episode. Yeah. And then he was like off to Palm Springs. Yeah. He was done. Um, As a result, this. we won't be able to rendezvous with the Kearsars for another four days. Will we be holding position here until it arrives? Yes. And as it would seem that we're in for a relatively quiet time, I shall use this opportunity to visit Wait, the Wait, let me guess. There are some it's an agriculture. It's a, a ancient ruins of some sort of like thing that you want to explore geologically or whatever that anthrop anthropology. Ancient yeah. ruins that are okay. just being excavated. The delay will also make it possible <laughs> for stellar dynamics to complete their study of the Vaudry Nebula. I'll let them know that they can have more access to the lateral sensor grid. We could yeah, use this so time stoked. to recalibrate the weapons targeting system. Mr. Wolf. Yes, um, I will begin the procedure immediately. Very good. Dismissed. Lieutenant, could I have a word with you for a moment? <laughs> His reaction is like, ugh. I noticed several times during the briefing that you appeared to be a bit distracted. I apologize. In the future, I will make sure my personal affairs do not interfere with my duties. Is everything all right? I'm having problems with Alexander. He has made it clear he does not wish to participate in the first rite of ascension. Oh, really personal fact to tell I your boss. Try to tell him that it is an important part of a young Klingon's life, but he does not understand. 
that he's had so little opportunity to spend time with Cleons. You know, the festival of Cote Baval is tomorrow. If he could take part in that, I'm... Why do you know that? Sure, he would more fully appreciate what a rich cultural heritage he comes from. There is the Klingon outpost on Maranga 4. I'm sure they'll be celebrating the How festival. does Picard Next know all this? Next to the Maranga this? Casino. Which, Maranga. by the way... The outpost is on the, the other side of the Vaudry Nebula. It would take three days by shuttle to get there. The Enterprise could be there in a fraction of the time and still back in time for the rendezvous. Captain They're always like, Wolf, we'll derail our now. plans for the Klingon episode. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. They, they literally, like, how many thousands of people live on this ship? And they're like, yeah. well, let's just go over there so one little boy can go to Mardi Gras. The, exactly. By the way, the Mardi Gras episode. Skylar Skylar calls Klingon bat mitzvah. <laughs> I was just say, so Ronald D. Moore is uh, well known for his Klingon episodes. Um, <laughs> and this is another writer who wrote this episode. And they were like, you know, um, it's very interesting because now they have a Klingon outpost and there's uh, doing mock opera singing and heroic fights and reenactments. And that's a whole different cultural flavor to these guys that I had thought of. So for the first guy, Klingons are more like Shakespearean with the House of Moog and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the rise and fall of political players. But with the other writer, it was like festival music. So they are being like, instead of you being from Caracas, the part that's like, you know, middle class, uh -huh. you're from Caracas, uh -huh. like the artsy side of Caracas. Yeah. That's and how I like I that. I like Versus the little, like, they, they do a little, they do yeah. spend a long time on this scene. That's like, um, like a, a, a stage fighting, like a theater. Yeah. Like Klingon opera. Like you're. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can see a little bit of that, even though it's mostly visual, but it is a lot of goofy singing. But still all of Venezuela is and just Caracas. Just super atonal. Um, and <laughs> Beverly is very annoyed with all of it, which is great. Beverly's one line. <laughs> Somebody gives work. I guess. Alexander's got a little space overalls. Yeah. <laughs> Skylar calls it Klingon Capoeira. It's funny that they say Batless a lot. Okay, mysterious guy in the background. These like patchwork vests. They look yeah. like a super 90s. Bale. Who's that? It is the tyrant Molar. He was so strong, no one could stand against him. One of these. <laughs> he offers Shorty whatever it is in his cloth. What's he saying? He is asking if anyone else will have the courage to stand up to Molar. So it's so funny like, that he's just like, like Beverly's like, what is he saying? <laughs> so annoyed already, which is exactly how I would be. Maybe you should teach yourself oh, clean on the yeah. patchwork uh, vests. They look like a two old women from Ohio who are just... But imagine... <laughs> <laughs> they're just like doing their festival with like herbs. They look like those, the clothes. You know how you go to like a city like Carmel when everybody, everybody who lives there is like rich white people who are over 50 and all the stores are all selling the same like rag clothes <laughs> for like thousands that of dollars. exactly what That's it is. That's what they're wearing. And... 
it's crazy because like imagine being Beverly or anybody who's not Klingon. Like the universal translator has made it so that they never don't understand something. So it's got to be so annoying to go to an entire festival where you can't understand anything. And she's just like, oh, <laughs> I frankly think I'd be relieved. I'd be like, yes, please just just rab 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 around me. You know, like just the one <laughs> to understand. Rab 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 around rab, me. Rab me. I- I always take Lisa to stuff like this when we travel. I'm like, let's go see the cultural performance. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the Kabuki play. Um, let's go to I the totally opera in German. Too. Yeah, I don't care. I don't if I get to. a good hotel room, you're not going to see me at that thing. Yeah, but I always think that I will when I get there. I'm like, I'm going to see this and that. and It's going to be so I- sacred. And I'm like, no. There's a lot of great fashion in this episode. If I can call yeah. out ahead two great pieces of fashion. One, Quark makes a cameo. Quark, oh my God. This it's is his so first great. TNG cameo, and he already been kicking it in DS9. And they really oh set it up. They're like, they're At like, the end, well, I think I should ask end. my friend on Deep Space oh, Nine. They really do. They're like, look, something's coming at you, and it's Tuesdays big. at eight. But actually, at this point, DS9 is already. On it's right, running, yeah, yeah so. it's already going. Oh yeah, okay. I love. That, that I wish. Amazing. Jacket. I wish we would have had more Quark Riker in all of Star Trek because that Quark mm-hmm. Riker banter moment. I was like, this is something I would watch over and over. I'm good with. Yeah, it, it seems like no mention of like Riker has a sisters after their departure from Deep Space Nine. Gambling problem. Did I not well, tell you as much? Have you been able to contact Deep Space Nine? I am being patched through right now, sir. On screen. Through to where? Deep Space Nine. Like those fast. I see you remember me. How could I forget the only man ever to win triple down Dabo at one of my tables? And how could I forget that you didn't have enough latinum to cover my winnings? I thought I explained that my brother misplaced the key to the safe. Besides, those vouchers. Yeah, that I is a great piece. You can spend latinum almost anywhere. Those vouchers are only good at your bar. Is um that what this is about? You're on your way and you're calling to reserve a hollow suite program? That is good. Good outfit. Actually, it's, I was with the lapels and like the jewel tones. That yeah, that's I'm good. I'm looking for some Klingon friends. And the of mine. two patterns? The Duras sisters. Lorsa Gorgeous. and Bator. Yes. Lorsa. He's got, and he's got the chain. The chain yeah. is like Gucci. Yeah. Yeah, it does look very Gucci. You know where yeah. I can find them? Very, very, look, well, very luxury, now. which makes sense for his character. Yeah, I really like this version of Quark. I mean, because they've done such disservice and disrespect to the entirety of the species of um, Ferengis. Yeah. For eons, they've treated them <laughs> like garbage. Yeah. And Quark is great. Like, he's a great character. He's got motivation. We he's get good Ferengi fleshed stuff out yeah. in DS9. Character. Yeah. So it's good to have him there. But you know and what? He makes. You, you know, what I was thinking about as an actor speaking, uh, speaking for actor to actor. What I was thinking about is uh, you, I'll allow it. <laughs> how how horrible it would be because I was thinking about all the different makeup they have to put on. Riker, no makeup. Yeah. Michael Dorn, he's got to get the whole head put on. But f- but the Ferengi Quark, this guy's got to work with fake teeth. He's got yeah. fake. And you can hear it when he talks. I'm like, he's he, he worked for years on Deep Space Nine. With yeah. having fake teeth that and with his tongue is not touching his real teeth. Exactly. That must have sucked. Yeah, he must like uh, have only liquid lunches. 
Yeah. You gotta respect that performance. You gotta respect yeah. he does so well with the that lack of saliva sound, you know? I wanna say something. This episode was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Hairstyling for a series. Mm. <laughs> wow. I know. Congratulations. They did have, you know what I will say? The other I agree with that because there were two <laughs> cameos from weird other aliens. Like there's this guy who you're mousing over right now who they like find in the, with uh, the, in the place they're going to. And this yeah. guy is a great performer and he's got an amazing costume. And then later on, there's another alien who I've never seen before who shows with, up, who they talk to on a, uh, over the, the, the call thing about the, or with a weird finger motions. That was also good. This is good casting all around. This is like all yeah. the guest stars are on point. On great cameo aliens. Great, great cameo aliens. I think they're like, this is episode yeah. 21. We're five away. Where are all the prosthetics? We are five away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it sounds like we're doing um fundraising for NPR. We're five away and we're we've got five to go, guys. I so found this just... guy who they go when they go down to the outpost and he's like waiting there with all the mining equipment. I found him like a magnetic performer. He's a really wild. I thought performer. it was actually Brent Spiner. Me too. Oh, really? I thought I thought he was Maybe magnetic as well. Would you be willing to share your information with us? My personal code of conduct prohibits sharing, but I consider a trade. Maybe not. Yeah. Does your personal code great. of conduct tell you that when you're stranded on a planet with no way off, you shouldn't try to cut deals? You have a point. It's we can hard certainly to provide passage off this planet to speak with us in exchange for information. Yeah. Could you perhaps fail to tell the pack legs that we were mining their ore? Don't push your luck. But if you get us the Duran sisters, I'll see what I can do. Oh. The Duras. Good spots is like swallow all the saliva. Yeah, this yeah. <laughs> so everybody's talking about the Dora sisters. Yeah. <laughs> Takes. <laughs> Think of this as the best week ever of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> the Dora sisters. <laughs> Hot mess no they're always making attempts on Worf's life they're also mm -hmm. so such good actresses and their casting is so good and then the, the delivery of those lines from the Dura sisters are so amazing I'm like yeah they're great how do you figure out to break down your lines like this you know really well look at let's see okay I'll stop playing was dropped the, by one the, of the assassins the tempo so it they're bears in the, the crest of your house giggle kaflach Someone must have given it to the assassins to implicate us. The assassins. Why would someone to do that? Us. In order to tarnish our good name. You cannot tarnish a rusted blade. <laughs> Mr. Worf. You said there was other evidence that they were involved. Yes. On the home world. We'll we're speaking course. languages. I want this thing cleared up. I will send a message to Kern. He may wish to return to the homeworld as well. Yeah. Tell her, Impossible. What is it? These markings represent the members of our house. This symbol represents our father, myself, my sister. And this represents... Our son. Even the nails. I was not aware of like, wow. Nail acting. I do not. <laughs> but I am with child. 
And she didn't want to know the sex. Only a few days ago and told no one but me. Some gender reveal party. How can this marking be here? Oh, yeah, that's a great... Where did this come from? Yeah. Frankly, this is the only gender reveal I'm willing to do. Yeah, this is an elaborate space gender reveal. How can this mocking be If it's be not here? time traveling, and if it's not a dagger, how can this? Yeah, how, like, I how was going to do my gender reveal couple. They auditioned <laughs> these two actresses separate, and then they both, they each decide that this is the way they're going to perform the lines. It's kind of like... We're going epic. to explode the Torok Mata. <laughs> so, ultimately, this is a story about uh, Alexander Roshenko, mm-hmm. future... From the future, adult Alexander time travels to to in time mm-hmm. to try to talk to himself into f- being a fucking warrior because mm. he realizes that he's not happy in the future with the fact that he chose the way of peace. Well, it's not that he's not happy. It's that he realizes it leads to the it death put, of war. It puts him in danger and it, yeah, it kills that. It I kills guess. his papa. It's a real papa killer. Yeah. But all of this is revealed in, like, the final 45 seconds of the episode. Like, it's all at once. They spend, like, a good 41 minutes, like, yep. searching for the Duras sisters. And yep. then the Duras sisters are like, oh, it's not us. They're just, like, going on a wild goose chase. And then all at once, Kim Tar, Worf's, uh, whatever, like, friend is like, oh, I'm Alexander and I met a man who sent me back in time and don't worry about how that happened. Well, I'm not going to explain it. I just I just came back in time somehow and and Let's I'm Alexander. And I'm Ale- and well, thankfully, the casting is great and he does look like Alexander would age that way. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm thinking, well, Worf, Worf was a good father when he talks to him again. But he was very you reluctant to hug him. Yourself. You yeah. don't understand. <laughs> I did not become a warrior. I was a, a diplomat, a peacemaker. I definitely thought he was going to be like a makeup artist. When it came <laughs> my time to lead our family, uh, I thought that I could single-handedly end the fighting between the great houses. I publicly announced that the House of Moab would be the first to end the feuding, that there would be no more retribution, no more revenge. You tried this guy's to great, me. too. You tried to tell me that I should not show weakness, but I thought you were a foolish old man. I told you you were a relic from an earlier time and that a new era of peace was at hand. But you were right. My enemy saw my weakness and moved against me. And unless I stop it right now, that boy will see his father killed on the floor of the Great Council Chamber. Uh, that is why you wanted to take Alexander away, to turn him into a warrior. I staged the assassination attempt to try and frighten him, to make him realize that he must follow the ways of a warrior. If I had listened to you, if I had become the warrior that you had wanted me to be, it's like if I went back in time to turn myself, force myself into being a doctor like my dad wanted. My you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Who knows what the future will be now that you have disrupted time. Exactly. I may die Butterfly tomorrow. Butterfly effect, I may bitch. I you. But when I die, I would like an honorable death. And the only way that is possible this is one. for you to accept yourself as that you right are. There. Work is lit. stay true to what you believe. The cause of peace is a just cause. 
The struggle must continue. It is a futile struggle. I cannot change things. Alexander is you so annoying no matter what age. Yeah. More than you <laughs> I was like, I thought you'd boy, get less obtuse. has not changed. But I have. You have given me a glimpse into my son's future. And I know now that he has his own destiny. That's woke. Cool. This is cool. That's woke. That's cool. Good dad. I believe it will be a great one. I like that ambiguous it's nice it's nice emotionally but i just why is a wharf like you have a time machine like, <laughs> can i go through time like he's just he just has his personal realization well, and he's like now you will go back to the future and then later he finds alexander and he's just like yeah kim tar had to leave <laughs> like it just, they, they go they just go through this so fast he's like kim tar had to leave and the st- stellar dynamics people are like Oh, cool. How'd he leave? Did he go on a shuttle? And he's like, went through a time warp. You're like, wait, what? We don't care about that other thing. Uh, yeah. Why are we wasting time on the Dura sisters and all these extra characters? All these like, prosthetics. Maybe, since it's a, a, a ex- starship that's d- dedicated to exploration, he could share some of that intel. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, or from a writing, from a writing perspective, why not have, why not find out that it's Alexander in the middle of act two? You know, rather than in at the very end of the episode at when we could if, maybe Worf could go to the future. Maybe or, maybe no. what is needed here is just for you, Adam, to go back in time to mm. 1991 mm. in the writer's room. I now, will say now you're talking. Be like, do you see how much more interesting this is that I'm here before you start writing this episode? Adam, <laughs> I'll say something. When I Please. saw that this guy started confessing Kevlar or whatever, he started confessing. <laughs> All, all the things about being Alexander. <laughs> yeah. He, I looked at the clock to see how many minutes were left of the episode. And I saw there were seven minutes left. And I was like, this is classic. This is the exact yeah. format that classic, they've been using classic. for seven seasons where the last seven minutes, they just slam it all right into a big, wow. big bunch of monologues. Yeah. I literally, I did the same thing. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, this must be a two part episode. Yep. That's literally what I thought, because I yeah. was like, there's no way we're going to find out that Kim Tar is Alexander. And then the episode just ends. There's no way they're going to wrap things up. And then they just do it. They're just like, but I, I will let him have his own destiny. And now I have exactly 30 seconds to go have my final conversation with Alexander before credits. And then right. And Worf actively then discourages him from fighting ever, which is also damaging ultimately (laughs) so it just ended in like such a weird point i was like the wait that's it i don't know if we're seeing alexander again yeah it would be so much yeah you're right well uh sorry this was a wash adam no it's i had a good time (laughs) michael dorn said we don't uh we don't really waste your time we don't really know what happens now just that the future is uncertain it's just like real life but Worf is still a terrible father he hasn't got a clue that's (gasps) michael dorn that's that's what michael dorn said yeah. Michael Dorn was so over this shit. I, I read Alexander's like memory alpha page and there was something where like late, like later after this, like Worf abandons Alexander because he's not enough of a warrior. And like he just like unlearns this lesson later in Star Trek chronology. I like that, but it's sort of like a, a thing where it's like the thing about your partner that you're trying to like rationalize Ignore. and be like, look, they're just this is the way they are. Accept that person for who they are. And you're like. You get to this point where you're like, I feel like we had a breakthrough. 
you know, he's just like this and that's how it is. And then like six months go by and you're like, I fucking hate that. I can't stand it. <laughs> I don't want it. Except it's your son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, people hate well, their families. Uh, fantastic having you around, Adam. Have oh, it's, it was wonderful yet? being here. What'd you say? Have you been a vaccinated? Uh, I have actually. I have been vaccinated uh, because they opened it to homeless uh, outreach workers and oh, see that's been your whole game the entire <laughs> time, huh? That's been your grift. Yeah, yeah. I started Which volunteering two years ago. I got Moderna. I I don't know anybody who's gotten Moderna. I thought it was just for like rich um producers. Or I mean, I'm a rich I producer. That's true. That's a good point. You are. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm both true. those things. Was it killer? It was the the vaccine. It was uh, it knocked me out for a little bit, you know, for for a day. I, it was like I had a weird phantom illness. I was like, I feel sick, but I know I'm not sick. Okay. Like I, I just had a little fever, like a light, like a hundred, you know, I got the J and J and I'm still sick. <laughs> I got it on Wednesday. I'm not OK. What's the J and J? It's the Johnson Johnson vaccine. It's the one. Shot. Oh, right. OK, sorry. They put that in my arm, and if I had known what was about to happen, I would have rescheduled and gotten a different one because it is rough. That's that's hard to hear. Um, yeah. Well, and on that note, it's amazing. I'm sorry to hear that. It's amazing you're good and you're alive. We'll soon be breathing in each other's mouths. We'll soon be roller skating <laughs> together. Is what we're going to be doing. I'd love to do that. I'd love to roller skate sometime. And you guys okay, are let's let's arrange that. And you guys are welcome to come volunteer with Sila anytime, Veronica, especially since you've been freelancing with the bottled water. You're welcome to come out sometime. I've been like, I'm why am I doing this alone? I'm sure there's people who are already experts at doing this. I'm doing it in my tiny car by myself. Like, oh, I'm no, sure there's totally, some other group. That's totally valid. There's no big expertise. It's just, you know, you can do it with a group of people if you ever I'd rather. I yeah, like, but it will also make you more bold. To do yeah. it on your own, I think. I'm that, that kind like, of yeah. Venezuelan person. But, you know, it also is nice to build community with people with the same interests and especially the same kind of empathy mm. and who have better maybe methods to do it. So mm. I'm excited to go mm -hmm. and check it out. And I'm excited for people who are listening to go and do it, too. Please do. Please Adam. do. Where can we find you right now? Oh, my Where God. Well, I got a podcast called Factually. You can listen to that. Um, I interview experts about amazing things and um, I uh, I'm on TikTok. Hell yeah. Wow. I'll <laughs> follow you there. I love Please it. Please do. I drop. I just dr I just do a little mini Adam ruins. Everything's basically on TikTok. Oh, that's great. That's I'm awesome. so excited. Very fun. Congrats on your on your teenagery. Teenage Thank you. years. Thank you. The yes. kids love me. I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, all right. Well, say hi to Lisa. Have fun roller skating and yeah, we'll best see of you luck the, and we'll success with everything. Yes. With the no baskets. Thank you, guys. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew, ew, ew.